0: You're listening to the World Teacher Program for Share International New Zealand on Planet FM 104.6. Each Friday morning, we bring you information from the teachers of the ages' wisdom. The purpose of our program is to introduce Maitreya, the world teacher for the age of Aquarius. Maitreya does not come alone. He brings with him the Masters of Wisdom a group of highly evolved teachers. They work in many fields and can teach us the art of living, how to live in right relationship with each other. With their inspiration, we can transform our civilization, creating justice and peace for us all. and welcome to our program. Today, I'd like to read to you a couple of articles from the January-February 2022 issue of Share International magazine. And that will be followed, if we have time, with an article by Benjamin Krems Master and perhaps even an excerpt from one of my Maitreya's more recent messages. To start with, we have an article titled Archbishop Desmond Tutu. 1931 to 2021 and as you probably know he passed away in December 2021. Desmond Tutu was internationally renowned but was also loved locally. Archbishop Tutu's relationship with the diocese of Southwark, London was a long one beginning as a curate in 1965. He was honorary curate at St. Augustine's Church Christopher Town gave a tribute there in which he said those of us who were part of the St. Augustine's family at that time quickly grew to know and love Father Desmond, his wife Leah and their family for three years we experienced the same remarkable personality and characteristics that were later to be shared with South Africa and the world we were captivated by his powerful and entertaining sermons and by the love he showed us all We all remember him standing at the west door calling out, Any more for a holy handshake? In a eulogy, the Dean of Southwark Cathedral said, We particularly remember a sermon he preached in the cathedral in which he said, There is nothing you can do to make God love you yet less. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. And here's another quote from Archbishop Tutu. See yourself and other people. Absolutely everyone on this earth is of equal value. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who died in December 2021, was loved around the world for his wisdom, steadfastness, and above all for his soul-infused joy, expressed in his famous infectious laughter. His was a brilliant life, fighting for good in the face of evil with courage and determination. He lived simply and personified the South African concept of Ubuntu, which is encapsulates all our aspirations about how to live well together. We feel it when we connect with others and share a sense of humanity. An activist all his life, Tutu joined Nelson Mandela's struggle against apartheid in South Africa, but always advocated non-violence. His greatest contribution came after apartheid was dismantled. In 1995, Mandela, now president and inspired by Maitreya, by the way, asked Tutu to lead the groundbreaking and harrowing Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Under Tutu, it sought not punishment, but confession and forgiveness for crimes committed during the apartheid regime. He echoed Mandela, who said, Let bygones be bygones. Both believed in forgiveness. Tutu stood against injustice and inequality wherever he found it. As early as 1984, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his work against apartheid. As recently as 2015, he launched a petition urging the swift adoption of universal renewable energy, describing climate change as one of the greatest moral challenges of our time. Tutu's campaign against injustice was not confined to South African apartheid. He visited Israel and Palestine many times and in 2014 he wrote, supporting a call to back sanctions against Israel, I know firsthand that Israel has created an apartheid reality within its borders and through its occupation. His position antagonized many, as did his criticism of the post-apartheid African National Congress government in his own country, which he lambasted for creating new inequalities and for its corruption. After training for 10 years as a priest in London, he continued his ministry in South Africa and in 1986 became Archbishop of Cape Town the first black man to hold the office. Tutu said that he always knew God. As a child, he couldn't understand why God allowed suffering, but as an adult, he acknowledged the importance of free will, that we ourselves are responsible for humanity's suffering. His was a generous and compassionate theology. He supported LGBT rights and the right to an assisted death. Over the years, Tutu made friends with the Dalai Lama, also known for his joyful and humorous approach to life in the face of adversity. In 2016, they co-authored a book titled The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. And He says, we can find hope and joy in the world's darkest moments by realizing that we were made for goodness, that we are wired so that goodness will win in the end. In 2015, Tutu visited his old friend for his 80th birthday. In video footage of that visit, the two men are seen to be joking and teasing each other, full of laughter. The video ends in a moving and poignant moment. The Dalai Lama says simply, at the time of my death, I will remember you. Tutu responds just as simply with humility and gratitude. Thank you. Humility, gratitude and joy were Tutu's hallmark combined with his passionate belief in justice for all. Mourners held a candlelight prayer ceremony outside the Soweto home of late Archbishop Desmond Tutu, weeping over the memory not only of a world-renowned lion of the anti-apartheid movement, but of a kind and loyal neighbour. Tutu lived for a while on the same township street as his longtime friend Nelson Mandela where residents take pride in being the only people in the world to have grown up with two Nobel Peace Prize winners for neighbours. Come December time, Father Tutu and Mom Tutu used to bring groceries for all the grannies here. He used to look after the elders. So, losing someone like him is painful. We're filled with tears. that was a comment from a resident um, as she spoke to mourners standing alongside the street. That article was sourced from uh, The Guardian in the UK and the Frost interview, Al Jazeera, and also the book titled The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World by His Holiness the the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Now our next article is on a different but not totally dissimilar subject and it's titled When Prisons Become Redundant. It's a report by a Share International correspondent by the name of Anna B. Nations vary greatly in their approach to criminal law and justice practices. The way prisoners are treated and who is put in jail reveals much about a country's attitude towards its inhabitants. Throughout the world, the overuse of imprisonment is causing overcrowded prisons with inhumane, degrading and dangerous conditions, impacting mental and physical health and the safety of prisoners and staff alike. No other nation keeps as many of its inhabitants incarcerated as the United States. It houses the largest prison population in the world, around 20% of the total number of inmates worldwide. In 2021, this amounted to roughly 2.06 million people. In China, the estimated prison population was about 1.69 million people in the same year. The criminal justice system in the U.S. relies in part on for-profit prisons. This development was in response to the rapid expansion in the nation's prison population beginning in the 1980s. And it was driven by what they called the war on drugs and also harsher sentencing policies leading to the emergence of private prisons and corporations making large profits out of incarceration. While some countries still advocate a tough-on-crime policy and the use of long or life sentences as, as the solution against crime and disorder, Many argue that incarceration does not increase public safety and disproportionately dehumanizes and harms poor and marginalized groups in all societies while incurring enormous financial and social costs. The human potential of millions of lives is being wasted behind bars If prisoners were instead reintegrated into society, they would be able to contribute constructively to the community. As people also often turn to crime if they have no other way of making a living, a society with high social security and low rates of poverty will generally experience much less crime. If the purpose of punishment and detention is to reduce crime, boost rehabilitation, and cut reoffending, then few people really believe that the prison-based model of justice works. Prison is simply not an effective way to reduce crime, and many claim that it only enhances criminal identity and connections. For inmates who suffer from drug addiction or mental illness, being in custody certainly does not help. Imprisonment also destabilizes family life and often leads to the loss of job, home and social relations. The changing views on correctional facilities have led several countries to adopt a less punitive approach and to treat detainees with greater humanity, seeing that a more humane approach is has a big impact on how these people will behave when returning to society. In Europe, the Netherlands is one of the countries with the lowest incarceration rate at 60 per 100,000 inhabitants. In comparison, the imprisonment rate in the UK is 131 per 100,000 And in the United States, it is 629 per 100,000, the highest rate in the world. The changes in criminal policy in the Netherlands have resulted in offenders being much less likely to receive a prison sentence, as the tendency is to avoid jailing people unless it is necessary. Fines or community service are more common as well as court-ordered mediation. If prison sentences are given, they are mostly kept very short. Soft drug use and sex work have been decriminalised. Half of the people in Dutch prisons have received a one-month sentence, and there is an increased use of alternatives to imprisonment, such as electronic tagging. There is much investment in youth intervention schemes and... For offenders who do end up in prison, personalised intervention programmes which focus on the individual strengths, talents and possibilities. These are aimed at helping people to access the skills and networks they need in order to rebuild their lives and break the reoffending cycle. Prisons are also generally of a much higher standard and better staffed than in most other countries. For convicts with mental health problems and drug addictions, a special psychological rehabilitation program known as TBS is part of the criminal justice system. The aim is to prevent another crime and to address the psychological conditions and the social problems that follow. These detainees who have complex and difficult backgrounds stay in treatment centres where they receive specialist help to work on themselves in order to become able to re-enter society. There are very specific conditions for those being offered rehabilitation opportunities through TBS. In order to be admitted, there must be a minimum prison term of four years and a high chance of recidivism as well as a willingness to cooperate if reintegration into the community is not deemed possible, prisoners can be moved to a high-security hospital and be confined indefinitely. In the Netherlands, the crime rate continues to decline, and there are fewer repeat offenders. It is expected that the total prison population will continue to drop short custodial sentences and a decreasing number of inmates have reduced the country's need for prisons, leading to 29 units closing between 2013 and 2018, even after importing convicts from other countries to fill the cells. Some of the empty prison buildings have been repurposed as hotels and restaurants, while others have been turned into schools student accommodations, social housing, refugee shelters, business centres, cinemas, libraries and museums. Judging by these results, a radical review of crime and punishment, prison systems and their place in society is long overdue. That was sourced from several different websites including theguardian.com, dutchnews.nl and thenation.com. So it looks like we have time to read this article from Benjamin Krems, Master, which follows a similar theme, and it is titled, Justice is Divine. Justice is divine, longed for by millions bereft of its sacred balance. Justice brings to the world of men the harmony of God. As a looking glass reflects the image of man, so does justice reflect the nature of the divine. The measure of the lawlessness of the time is known by the degree of injustice in the world. And today, injustice stalks the poor on every hand. Legally, justice rules the field of social regulation, of crime and punishment. But fundamentally, justice has to do with the laws of God, which work towards harmony and correct relationship. Every injustice, however small, brings disharmony to the whole. Today, so great are the areas of injustice in every land that extraordinary measures are required to prevent total chaos. Injustice is a denial of man's divine potential. It separates man from man and humanity from God. Throughout the world, many are struggling to free themselves from age-long injustice, exploitation and tyranny, to set down at last the yoke carried by their forebears. We, the watching hierarchy, commend their struggle, for we see it as the expression of the divine spark in all men yearning for freedom and justice. We give them our hand as we gaze with compassion on their plight." really only have time for that much of the article thank you very much for listening in today and uh, before i sign off i just want to invite anyone who's interested to send in their um, details if you would like a free copy of share international magazine sent to you and the address for that is sharenz at yahoo.com for further information check out the website share-international.org Thanks again and wishing you a lovely week.